Welcome to a Savored Life podcast. I'm your host, Sumaya Osmani, and in this podcast, we cover topics about mindful writing, intuitive living, and creative inspiration. I cover topics that inspire listeners to trust their instincts when approaching writing, nurturing their body and mind through food and mindfulness, and that in turn to help explore a more creative life. Food memories from childhood impact our lives so much more than we actually realize. We're wired to remember the emotions we felt and those deep sensory recollections deepen our experiences and our memories. Food has the ability to conjure up good associations as well as negative ones. And the most important part is that they are lasting and deep and they can revisit us at the most unexpected of times. As a teenager, I was quite an angry one and I was really frustrated with the lack of freedom and independence I felt growing up in Pakistan, a very um, conventional and conservative society. And many times I would find myself in loggerheads with my parents, fighting with them and then running off in a huff. Now, I had not many places to go to when I was upset, especially when I was, you know, 16, 17. I was lucky enough that my maternal grandmother, who I used to call Nani Mummy, Nani the word being grand maternal grandmother in Urdu, and she lived right next door to me. And many times I found that I would run to her because she was this refuge I had who wouldn't judge me for anything that I did. And for me, going to my Nani's house was synonymous with delicious food, with the aromas of comfort. I'd go there and her kitchen would be filled with the echoes of cardamom and rice pudding, of paratha, fresh breads made with ghee. And it was like a big hug when I entered her kitchen. She would quietly never judge me and just smile and create these delicious morsels of comfort food that would fill my soul with happiness and acceptance and suddenly all the rebelliousness of my teen years would disappear with just one one morsel of whatever she made me whether it was her rice pudding or her paratas. It wasn't just the way that the kitchen felt or how the food tasted it was how it made me feel. It made me feel comfort and belonging and acceptance. And that is a memory that linked with food for me forever, even when I grew up. What I also did was I learned how to cook watching her. So it wasn't just the flavors of comfort and the aromas of comfort, but it was the lessons that I learned. The ability for her to slow down, never judge, and create delicious food with time and patience. The fact of incorporating spices in an intuitive way, putting pinches of this and that and creating such flavor. That lasting memory was so three-dimensional that it never left. Now, of course, I parked those memories away for many years and it wasn't until I moved to Britain when I realized that those memories meant so much more to me. Those food memories for me are like treasures, like a sensory heirloom, and I think that is what childhood food memories do. They help us navigate our life and explain what it meant, whether it was negative or comforting. Some of the positive ways that I think we all 
can relate to food memories is the ability to connect food memories and relationships. When you think back a little like my grandmother's story, you think about those special things that you would eat when a loved one would make them for you, the time and patience that that person took to make it, and sometimes also just the time and patience you took to create something. The ability to create relationships in the future with our food memories can be something like you sharing your culture with someone who comes from a different culture or trying to embrace a new place by exposing them to what meant something to you as a kid. And I think the greatest ability to create relationship with food memories is eating together and savoring life and family and friends. And that's something we can share with our food memories of dishes that we made. I really think that food memories also have an ability to shape your personality. Now, I've never been very much of a patient person. In fact, I'm quite the opposite. But when it comes to cooking, I am able to pay the same attention to detail without cutting corners and being patient when cooking certain dishes. Food itself excites me and it fuels me in more ways than one. And it is a place I go to to seek comfort, even when I want to get away from the busyness of life. So really, in a way, it has shaped my personality. And with time, I've seen that I have been taken those lessons of patience and attention to detail and other things that I do. And I truly believe that it is from my food memories. The other positive aspect of what food memories can bring to your life is something that I think we all can relate to, and that is a sense of belonging. And as I said, before I moved to Britain, I never really thought about food being that ultimate sense of belonging. But I know from my memories that having grown up on a ship for the first 10 years of my life, when my father was a captain, there was always this constant thread of my mother always wanting to cook different food and, and explore different food markets in different countries, as well as when I moved to Pakistan and I found that everybody, all the women in the family would find a sense of comfort and belonging in the kitchen, whereas they might have battled with different things in their lives outside of the kitchen. It was always in the kitchen that you had this real sense of belonging. And for me, the kitchen expresses that sense of belonging. And so when I moved to Britain and I felt alone and in a new place, food was the ability to really reach out and find home. There is this incredible other thing that food does, and I think we all can also relate to, is the ability to deal with emotions. Whether it's happiness or loneliness, heartbreak or feeling lost, there is an ability to find home with cooking certain foods or creating different flavors or aromas. And that sense of connection just reaches out to the deepest inside of our soul and allows us to really deal with those emotions. So whether we're elated or feeling heartbroken, it has the ability to comfort. Food also has this beautiful connection to culture and an ability to share it. So I have met many people that are from my heritage, Pakistani heritage, that weren't born in Pakistan and never lived in Pakistan. And their real sense of home and those flavors and aromas of home are what they experienced in their grandmother's kitchen here in the UK or in America or wherever they grew up. And it's that incredible way of a connection to a culture that we can share. 
Now that's something that I've tried to create for my child as well. Now my child is 13 now and while they were growing up, I always felt that more than language and anything else of the culture, what was important for me to share with them was an intuitive ability to understand what smells and aromas were created in the kitchen. That very connection that I had, I passed on that heirloom of flavor and memory to them. And now today, they love to cook. They love to be able to create Pakistani food. And for them, even though they've never lived in Pakistan, their greatest connection to home is in the kitchen. Now, I think one of those beautiful ways of sharing your heritage and your memories is about exploring them and sharing them with others, especially when you live as, an, as a non, you know, someone who has been born and brought up like I am in Britain. I think for me, when my friends come over, I share my food and they know the story I have lived. Now, all of this is lovely and, and everyone connects to this on an emotional level, but there is science that makes why food and the senses are connected and why memory is connected with all of it. Now, our senses and memories are very much connected, especially when it comes to food, because food incorporates all five of our senses. And that is such a powerful connection that there is no way that we cannot associate the memory of food and those five senses, which is why when we taste or smell something that has to eat, we are taken back into time. Now, before I end, I do want to say that not all food memories are good. There can be associations to food that can have negative connotations. And, you know, I myself have some of that because growing up, my mother was really quite one to, you know, stay fit. And even though she liked to eat, she was always telling me that I shouldn't eat this and that because it's fattening and, you know, I'll grow up to put on weight. And it won't be good for me, my health or physically, I wouldn't look good. And it's such a big thing in our culture to be physically aware of how we look that I grew up with this innate ability to not eat things or go on silly, not diets, but just refrain from things because I knew that they would make me put on weight. And that association has actually created a lot of issues. And I know lots of people suffer from very deep rooted issues because of their associations or their negative associations to food or the lack of. And I think that one shouldn't ignore that and that that strength and ability that food memories do have within us. So these powerful associations in so many ways with food can make us, shape us and create relationships. So it's quite important for us to actually understand our relationship with our memories and food. I hope this podcast has given you a little bit of insight into how deeply connected we are to those food memories. What a deep sensory heirloom we are given. And it says such a big, it's such a big part of our story and one that does make us who we are. Now, if you're looking for a way to really harness your creative energy and learn how to cook intuitively a little bit like I do, my membership Savored is now open and I am happy to take on new members. I'm so excited by my founding members, but the membership is open. Go along to my website, sumayosmani.com and look for Savored and join me inside. But if you're 
more about writing about food and possibly having a cookbook published conventionally, then I am offering Crafted a four-week intensive course to create a dream-to-draft book proposal step-by-step with me, and that will be launching this autumn. Do join the waitlist, which is within the text of this podcast, and I'd love to welcome you there later this year. Finally, if you could rate and review this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you enjoyed it, that would be fantastic because it helps me out as well as the fact that it would help other people who might benefit this podcast. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to A Savored Life with me, Sumaya. And until then, choose a slower life, choose a savored life.